We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Yo, 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 we are back with another week of this great podcast that we produce and we have been producing for two years, two years now. Yeah, two years now called Brunch Culture. If yes, yes. If this is your first time listening, welcome to Brunch Culture. I am one of the two dynamic hosts. I go by the name of Randall Keith. And I go by the name of Lisa V or Lisa Victoria, whatever you want to call me. In a place to be. Yes. He to the he, he, he. Ooh, we. I feel like rapping right now, but I can't rap my song. So, you know, you know how um, Wesley does the ooh, we thing. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that junk all week. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Did he do it this past Monday? Remember I told you I was watching that um that the older sermon? Oh yeah. And he did yeah, he did it during that. And so like I wanna I'm a I'ma cut it out and make a clip of it. And just like <laughs> when something happened, I'm just gonna send it to people, be like, ooh. <laughs> Cause it's so re- sometimes it's so relevant. Like I was like, yo, I got this. You know, I have that clip on my Instagram page when he was in Jacksonville. Oh, for real? And I recorded that part. Yeah. So you can pull it off my Instagram page if you want to. I'm gonna have to do it. It's so relevant. Like it really is. I was in work. I was at work talking to uh I was talking to my boss <laughs> and she said something. I was like, ooh, and then I caught myself. I was like, I can't do this in front of this lady. This not gonna go over well. She's not gonna understand the reference. I'm gonna be laughing by myself. Let's just cut this. Don't worry about it. Never yeah, mind. She she's not gonna understand it at all. Just never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Is she black? No, she's not. Black. Oh, okay. So yeah, she's not. <laughs> she, definitely she's not. Really not gonna get it. <laughs> she really. You gonna be like Albert Street? Like, uh, what? <laughs> Is that a place? Is that the road you live on? Uh, <laughs> yeah, be like, it's in Old Town, Alexandria, and she's be like, oh, okay. And she probably can make that connection. Like, I but know she's... Old Town. Yeah. <laughs> They have great, they have great antique shops over there. I go there all the time. They had this great brunch spot in Old Town Alexandria, where the um, the Marriott is, the Whole Foods. It's like the new section. It's like the new section they're building up. Yeah, I think they I know. Left on about. Duke Street, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, and uh, yeah, they have great brunch. It's like eight dollars. So it might be breakfast. I don't know. It, yeah, I'm gonna have to go check it out because I didn't haven't had too great of brunch experiences with Alexandra. Not that the places were bad, but anybody that yeah, most of my friends know I am a sucker for all you can eat brunches because they come with all you can drink mimosas, and mm-hmm. yeah, I just end up going there. So like I have like these like four places that's like I'm just like nope, I just keep going there. It's like oh, you want to go to brunch? Yeah, let's go here. And whenever somebody tells me like a place that is not oh you can like it's not bottomless mimosas. I'm kind of like I don't really want to go to brunch then. I'm gonna 
just go home. Because I feel like with the amount of money that I'm going to pay to get like two or three mimosas at this place, I can just go and get me some champagne at the house and some orange juice and just drink it. So, well, have you been to the Retox? I think it's Retox. I follow the dude that's the chef on Instagram. He makes um, it looks like amazing shrimp and grits, and I'm a sucker for shrimp and grits. I was just gonna post on Facebook this week. I wish I was at Ben's next door for that shrimp and grits. Yeah, Ben's next door shrimp and grits is good. Although I'm always every time I go to somebody's get somebody's shrimp and grits, you know. I'm from. Has, is Ben's the best I've had? Have you had better? I don't usually try it a lot because I was just going to say I don't try a lot all the time because I'm always disappointed because people give me like four or five shrimp. And where I'm from, I need at least 10 for me to feel like something's doing. So I always end up getting extra shrimp. And then on top of that, extra, extra shrimp. Hope. Oh, yeah. Whole other story. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. so, yeah. I just—it's not that much shrimp and beans next door. Not at all. Good. Yeah, when I had it, I was like, "So this is good, but I need like a few more shrimp." So I end up ordering like, "Don't judge my life." I end up ordering that and a whole other meal because I was like, "Yeah, this is not gonna do anything for me." So, but it's not bad because you know what? Like, so I feel like the portions are so small. Have you been to Marvin's? On yeah. Okay, so for my birthday, some friends took me to Marvin's uh, two years ago. We ate Marvin's, and the portion was so small Mm -hmm. that literally two hours later, we had been on U Street, like, hanging out. Two hours later, we went to Ben's and got, and I had some uh, shrimp and grits, and I was still hungry. Because the portions are so small. It's like you get, like, appetizers. And this is why... And paying, like, $40. T- this is why I'm telling you, you have to find a spot with all you can eat. And I love... I have this spot that's... It's kind of out there. Everybody complains about the drive. Well, but if you know... Yeah, this is, like, my go-to spot for brunch. And I always go. And And that's is, where they have... You say they have those Bloody Marys. Yeah. It's, and it's small plates. And it's just amazing. It really is good. It It, it is dope. But anyway... Yeah, that's what it is. So, um, let's get into this scroll. Um, we'll start off. Let's just start off with the. You you say the name really well. I'm really bad with this Istanbul. name. Istanbul. Istanbul. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just the the bull always comes out really wrong for me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but um, we just want to take a moment to acknowledge uh, the 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 victims of the bombing at the Istanbul airport, um, and just. I don't know. We, we we say this all the time, just how important it is to reach out to your loved ones and to let them know that you love them, to talk to your friends um, and just to, you know, really just try to enjoy life because it is so it it's so short and it's so fragile. And we have things like these terrorist attacks, which have become so such the norm. You know, it is hard to be in a good headspace i'm i know i'm always like on high alert i'm always super aware of my surroundings a part of that comes from like how my dad was but then now just hearing this stuff so much i was actually in the movie theater watching finding dory and i literally could not sit like we were sitting in we were sitting very close to like the bottom and i just could Mm -hmm. not I was I I was like wasn't relaxed at all. And so I was like, look, I got to move. And so we were like in the bottom. I always like to be in the center. And so Mm -hmm. we got up and moved closer to the top. We were on an edge, but there was like an exit that was that was there. 
and I like just felt more comfortable. And it was so it's so crazy. I was just like, it's sad because this is not the way to be, you know. And people always say like, you know, that one of the 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 mo's of terrorist organizations is to frighten you or to make you um not to just kind of infringe upon your daily life and make you uncomfortable and we have to continue to fight those things and it's something that I, I think that we all should try to do and i definitely believe that but it's so much easier said than done when you hear you know children in school are being like shot up and and and, and all of these cases aren't from terrorist attacks um but it's just like when you hear about these like mass shootings when you hear about terrorist attacks those things are like it just makes you uncomfortable or at least it makes me uncomfortable in pub in some public spaces. So we just want to take a, a taking a moment to just acknowledge those victims and acknowledge those, those families that are trying to heal from that are personally trying to heal from, from those attacks and just say, you know, as we always say, guys, just continue to love on each other and continue to pray for the world because we truly, truly need it. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, so, I'm going to shift gears to something that's probably uh, that's definitely not as sensitive as Istanbul uh, title and the Apple rumors. Apple might buy a title, which is to me crazy because that defeats the whole purpose of what title is See. and what they were supposed to be about and how they were supposed to be these champions for artists. And I feel like if they merge with Apple, that all kind of goes out the water unless they're going to completely switch up with what apple is doing but i don't see that happening exactly you get exactly what i'm so i was extremely frustrated i had somebody i, I had a friend posted on facebook and was like actually i think this is a great idea and i'm like no no no, no. <laughs> they don't have the same mission the mission see you get it you maybe it's just we've been we've been talking for too long we've been friends for too long because i literally was like what is title's mission statement? If what's the mission statement? Like you can't the whole I was sold on this idea of putting, you know, money back, money and control back into the artist's hands. This was owned by artists and artists that are going to support other artists, artists that aren't looking to just, you know, make a dollar, but that are are in it for music and in it for the improvement of music and not just, you know, these big these big companies and like marketing companies making all this money off of just selling people's music for free and all of this great stuff. Like I bought it and I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. This is what I'm here for. And then I see his rumors that Apple's going to buy it. Like what in the heck? Like this, I get it at the end of the day, you know, it's business and you know, you got to make money and that's what everybody's at the end of the day. Everybody's trying to like increase their profits. I understand it, but yeah, I'll be pretty disappointed. I feel like I was bamboozled if that if that's real. But wait, but Jay Z and Beyonce, Nikki, Kanye, Usher, all of those will be fat. And this will be a winning year for Usher because Usher, you know, owns a portion of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. So if this happens, he's really gonna be. It's a bonus year for him. Don't have to. He gonna owe Uncle Sam some real money. Yeah, I just don't. I'm I'm for it. I'm I'm for you guys you know, getting there, but not with title. I feel like title is like, to me, it's like a nonprofit. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't make money because we have a mission statement that, that dives into hearts and everybody's like, yeah, you know, ain't nobody trying to hear that, bro. Like, let's just make it happen. But title is, is it's just ruining me. It, it really I is disappointing. Bottom, that 
that that uh mighty mighty dollar. That's what it's about. Everybody want the dollar. Nobody don't care about folks' hearts. That's what I'm out here all trying about to do. The Benjamins, Let's baby. just all be broke and just care about the fact that you know people are making good music. How about that? Well, I don't know if I want we all be broke now. I don't know if I could go with you there, but uh, you know I understand the mission. Who needs money? It's trivial. It's here today, gone tomorrow. You don't need it. Wait, when you quit your job? Well, you know I. <laughs> I have this uh, standard of living and that standard of living just tells me that I have to keep working at my job. So let's just move on to the next thing. So, <laughs> Grandma so, out here whipping babies. And I support Grandma. Stand Hashtag up for we for Grandma. We for Grandma. Like, I support... Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I hear the arguments of people saying that, like, you know, it's abuse. I, I Somebody, this girl that I went to undergrad with, she was basically saying, like, it's abuse. And if you have been uh, beaten with a switch, it is like negatively impacted your life. And then I do think, you know, I do think that there are. I think that, you know, getting whoopings and stuff like that, there are some negative ramifications for that. There are things that, you know, people have to come be able to realize and come out of and struggle with and all of the above. Like, I completely understand that. However, what I do, what kind of frustrates me is that in the same way that we talk about uh, kids, like we talk about this grandma and it's like, oh, she got arrested and she don't need to beat the child. If the child goes to school and acts that way, or if goes out in the public and disrespects uh, a police officer or anybody of some sort of authority, then people will say, oh, well, she's not raised white and she's not being raised to respect authority. All right, well, check this. Um, if this child is talking flip out of the mouth and at her grandma's house, who's paying the bills and her grandma says, go stand in the corner at, you know, grandma, she can be like, I'm not going to go stand in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Grandma says, Hey, I'm going to take this. Okay. Well, forget it. I'll just go and do what I want to do. But if grandma put them, put that switch to her, I'm telling you, it's going to change. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, well, I got to stay in grandma's house. Cause I can't go outside. Cause if I go outside, then I ain't got nowhere to be. So this this good switch that grandma got, I'ma respect grandma from this. And grandma's not doing it, you know, just because it's Tuesday and she mad. She's literally doing it because she's reached the point of talking to you too much and it ain't getting nowhere. So, you know what? Let me get the problem solver. I got the problem solver and the problem solver put it to jail. However, I will tell you that my mama. Yeah, we caught we. My sister tried that whole "I'ma call the police on you" thing, <laughs> and you know, police was maybe different just in Jacksonville. But yeah, the police officer came and was like, "If you call again, I'm going to have her. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let she's gonna, I'm gonna let her do it, and then we are gonna take you down to to the jail and let somebody else do it. And after that, we ain't have no more calls out of." It was no more, I'm calling the police. Yeah, I ain't calling no police. And my mom was famous for saying, all right, call them. I'm going to beat them, too. And it's like, you know what? She look crazy. I... All right, never mind. We're not going to do that. <laughs> we okay. Moral of the story, just take your beatings like G. Don't, don't be out. Don't snitch. Yeah, I'm not calling no grandma. I don't even think. I don't even know how this... Yeah, she needed some others. She she clearly hasn't been like getting other whoopings because I learned very early on there was no such thing as calling the police. <laughs> Maybe like I'm gonna tell my daddy or like you know, 
yeah, I wouldn't tell no teacher. I wouldn't tell no, because it's so funny. I'm saying this, I sound old, but trust me, in my day, if you went to go tell somebody else, they was like all for it. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> what you did, they need to. I think that's the right thing. Um, speaking of the right thing, BT did the right thing by letting Beyonce open up the BT Awards, which we are thankful for because you know it could have been designer. Um, it could have it could have went another way. Whole another but they way. did the smart thing by letting Beyonce open up. She opened up with Freedom, uh, with Kendrick Lamar, and I think it was great. Even though they were splashing water all on each other, I was like, "How do y'all all this water on the stage?" Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was great, and it set the tone. Uh, somebody tweeted, um, "Beyonce opened up singing Freedom. Now Jesse Williams is preaching Freedom." So I think. You know, it kind of really set the tone for the night, um, even though you had some non-freedom moments, uh, i.e. designer. Um, with he his... was free. Oh, no, he was super free. <laughs> he was a was... different kind of freedom. He was all the way free. <laughs> all of the freedom he got that day. All of the freedom. Everything... Have you seen his, this kind of off topic, but have you seen his, uh, this, his, uh, not so his freestyle that everybody's mocking. No. Oh yeah, it's pretty. I didn't even know he freestyled. Yeah, it's with... like, yeah, it's yeah. I don't even know how to put in the words. Designer's not one person that I would be looking to for freestyle. The fact that yeah, have you? Do you know the lyrics to the song Panda? It's like yeah, a, I saw them. Like it didn't make no sense. It's like it's a loop. It it just like says the same thing over and over again. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it's not um, him. um Kanye West. He's under oh. Kanye, right? I think he's under Kanye. I didn't know. I was just like, oh wow. I didn't even know his name was designer to that night. Love the song. Panda's amazing. This guy is, you know, he's on a he's free. That's what we're gonna say. He has a lot of freedom. He's extremely free. And that's okay. But shout out to the BET Awards. I this this award show was it was great. It was really, really good. And I think, I, you know, if you be critical, people will say that, like, it wasn't that good. It was just that our standards for award shows are so is so low because for the past forever, award shows have been really bad. But honestly, I was I was extremely happy. I was very, very happy. and Very, very pleased. I enjoyed it i didn't watch it all there's still some parts that i i haven't seen i was watching it on my phone i was actually out i was supposed to be um you know watching it i was gonna like oh i'm gonna you know i got i got some i'm gonna get some get get some get a get some wine get some food just gonna sit here and watch it um told a couple people y'all can come over if y'all want to i ended up being out doing in the store like i was like in the mall and just doing all this other stuff and yeah, I missed it. It was on. And then I ended up going to get food and had to wait on food and just all this stuff. So I'm like watching it on my phone. And as people are like texting me about the show and I'm like trying to respond, but still trying to watch it. So I didn't see like everything. But then when it came back on at like 1145 or 44 or whatever, I started watching again. However, the show was great. I think it was super dope. The highlights for me were, of course, Beyonce and Kendrick. Um, I thought it was great, but the 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 stopper, literally the showstopper for me was Sheila E. Like, yeah, she did a great job. I just, you, <laughs> and it's 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 so crazy hearing a lot of people say like, oh, you know, I was born in the nineties. I don't know 
who Sheila E is, or even like, you know, our people who were born in the eighties, like, I don't really know much about Sheila E. And then I realized it comes from me. Like my stepdad loved Prince and loved Sheila E and like that music and all that stuff during that time. But I was just, to me, there was nobody else. Like she, the very first public Prince tribute should have been done by Sheila E didn't understand mm-hmm. why it wasn't like, and the fact that BT brought her this, as soon as I heard that it was going to be, Sheila E and Janelle Monet. I was like, I don't care what happens. BT is going to get this right. Like, I don't care who does it wrong. BT is going to get it right with these two people. That's all you need. Like, it's like an, a, enough cred and enough energy in a performance for Sheila E. And then Janelle Monet is like, of course, you know, one of the closest things that we have to the kind of energy that Prince brings. So it's like, yeah, those two people. Yeah, it gets no better with them. I I, I love Jennifer Hudson, Purple Rain. I you think know, she did a good job. She did an amazing job, but I really wasn't feeling the reprise. I was just, <laughs> I was just like, in the purple, in the purple. Like she sounded amazing as always, but like, I just wasn't. <laughs> I was like. I just, she did kind of shock me with that part. I was like, oh. I just wanted to stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I guess, like, you know, Pur- Purple Rain is a good song. And, you know, you think about it's like one of Prince's biggest hits. And uh, it has an Oscar and all of this, these significant things. And it's amazing. But I just wasn't feeling it as a gospel song. I just, I, I didn't, I wouldn't even expect that part from her. I would expect that for Fantasia, not Jennifer. Well, you know, because Jennifer will take you to church in a second. Like, and so I just didn't, while I loved the performance, that part for me was like, I, I just, you know, I, but, you know, there's a, some people said there was this recap video that um, was done by, what's her name? The girl, is it C? C.C. Rogers or something? Yeah, it's, I think it's like C.C. Dot or something like that. That's like her, maybe oh, that's yeah. her fa- Facebook name. If y'all haven't seen it though, y'all actually gotta watch it. We, we, we need to like repost the video. It's her, her recap of it is dope. But she said she was like Jennifer Hudson did it for all these people because most of these people didn't go to church that Sunday. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> that's probably why. That is that's it. You know who I couldn't take? Usher. And I said that he hasn't had a good song that I like since Confessions. But oh, I forgot about OMG. I like that one. Oh, 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 yeah. my God. Oh. So, Usher, you you can respect the dancing. You can't respect the dancing. You got to, right? I can yeah. respect that he's been in the game. I was still underwhelmed by everything he did. I just want him to stop. Like, the, the line was like, I'm going to give you that ghetto D. Mm-hmm. I was like, bruh, <laughs> come on, man. Like, it's like on, the Tina Barber to... music that's not even real to his his life. He's a he's a husband and a father. Honestly, after watching, was it like the his behind the music or whatever when he opened up about his um so he made the, the album Here I Stand, which I love. I love that album. And he was saying how bad the album was because a lot of his fan base, which are women, were disappointed at him being married and you know, it's kind of confusing and all this other stuff. So I think he's consistently trying to make up for that. But for me, it's just like 
yo, you're in love now or, or you once were in love. Like, just make music that makes sense to who you are. And I still think that you can be a dancing artist, you know, because that's your thing. It's, it's always been your thing that you can dance. But I feel like you can kind of, you know, create some more mature music and still, you know, you're still you single. So you want to talk about, you know, you, you get married and all this stuff. He's not married. He's married now. He married mm-hmm. again? He married his um his manager, his new manager. Oh, assistant shoot. slash I not really don't know. So even more reason why you should be you should be telling folks you giving them the ghetto D. Like bruh, I just <laughs> Bruh, you you you're a love dad. Like, you know what I'm saying? You somebody daddy, bruh. Like, let's calm down. I don't know. It just yeah. it, it's, you, you it's wouldn't not even think that his new me. wife is his new wife. She's real like low key. I won't say homely looking, but she just not glamped real. It's so like a one eighty. You know, you, you can respect it. I I can respect that. I just I just want it to make sense to for where your life is. I think in the day of social media, what people want to do is hear things that are relevant to who you are. I don't really think. It's a, I feel like a lot of artists kind of fail with being successful at music because they're producing music that's not true to who they are. And it's like people can't buy into it. Like I'm seeing you do this on social media, but then you telling me that like your life is like this. I don't really know if I can really buy that song. <laughs> but either way, the BT Awards was dope. It was really good. Blah, blah. Panda. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that like your energizing moment? That's how, that's how he sounds. But that's fine. <laughs> you said block block. <laughs> oh, that's how it came out. Goes, blah. <laughs> <laughs> you literally just said block block. <laughs> wait, I was like, wait, what? What's that? That's what I was. What you did was what I was trying to get out, but it didn't. It apparently it didn't come through like that. How I mess up, up lyrics and sounds? I was just about to say that. <laughs> wait a minute. You mean to tell me you struggle with sounds too, <laughs> Lisa? So we got rhythm. <laughs> we got lyrics. We got vocals and sounds. <laughs> this ain't right. This is a whole nother level. Of the that. people don't deserve this. <laughs> they don't deserve this. <laughs> well, what did I say, huh? Block block. What did I say? You said block block. <laughs> it, and it literally came out just like that. If y'all rewind this episode and listen to block block, and she thought that it was the like tongue roll. You know, we love you, Lisa. <laughs> and we th- we're we so thankful for you. Not sure where brunch culture would be if we didn't have you. And we're so glad that you have so many other talents because we just had to add one more musically inclined or declined talent, which is sounds. You said block, block. <laughs> and it didn't even come off like a rhythm, like a rhythmic sound. It was like block, block, like. <laughs> Oh, there's. I thought you were like reading something like there's a block and another block. Anyway, <laughs> that's funny. Well, y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all thought about the BET Awards. Um, and more than that, because we've kind of ta- uh, talked about the BET Awards, but what do y'all think about this grandma? That's what I want to know. D- hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And we're going to take a break and we'll be back for our main dish. Hey! Swizzy! Monica, Monica, hey, bounce, bounce, ATL, bounce. You want that? You gotta have. 
you need that, you gotta have that. Come on. Hey. You want that, want that, you gotta have that. Okay, you need okay. That. You gotta have Get the paper, make the paper, you know I'ma come and save ya You know what I live, I got the million dollar neighbors I came through your block looking so clean The chicks like him, he got the show We are back and it is time for the Main dish, this main dish doom, 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 doom. Whoever you came with, who you came with doom, 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 doom. Main dish Oh yeah, <laughs> see that part was We were good until we got <laughs> It, like that came out kind of creepy. <laughs> I don't really. We still working like, on my this hands part. and everything. Be like real up, like so like you... I'm really singing into, you know, I'm talking into a microphone already, but like I'm still, I like, you know, I channel my inner Chris Brown, and this is crazy. So you have like dance moves and actions as you're doing this. I close my eyes and I, you know, put my hands wow. out, like wow. singing it for the people. So, um, you know, I, maybe this is, this is more justification of why we should have some sort of visual component to us recording <laughs> so that people can see what's really going on. I don't, yeah, I, we love you. That's all, that's all I can say. You know, I, we love you, Lisa. And that's I what I love matters. you all too. Yeah. You know, no matter Thank what. Thank you for listening. Rhythmless Have nation you. and all. We love you. Yep. Hashtag rhythmless nation. <laughs> that's all right. Um, so what I want to get into talk about for this week's main dish, um, everybody knows that Jesse Williams had a speech during the BT awards. It was a big thing. It's all over the place. You know, th th there's memes and there there's, uh, gifts, which it, side note, it sounds really weird saying gifts. Cause I always want to say gifs. I'm used to saying gifs. So I'm actually just going to say gifs. And if y'all think it's wrong, then whatever it is, what it is. There ain't no rules. People just make this crap up. But there's like just to me, just just sounds. It comes off better. It's easier. Gifts. gifts it's what it's yet. Exactly. Gifts make me want to say like gift, like you're wrapping a gift. So whatever. I'm gonna say gifs. So there's a lot of gifs and things that came out about it. It's actually really dope. Very very dope speech. But of course, with anything, there's a lot of. Um, I don't even want to say it was controversy, but kind of controversy, but literally people, there was, a, there was just a lot of opinions about Jesse Williams and his activism and his position and honestly people's response to him. Um, and so I just kind of want to talk about that. And I feel like there's so many different layers to talking about Jesse Williams. I, there's, there's so many different ways and things that you can go with. You can talk about him, him being an actor first and being a celebrity. And this, uh, for some people it is kind of like a ploy or just a part of him just kind of increasing his visibility, which will ultimately to some degree increase his pockets. If you will. Um, you have a lot of people that talk about him not being him being, uh, fully black, him being biracial, um, you have people that talk about, you know, him saying these things, but being without recognizing his privilege as somebody that is not only biracial, but, but of course that has a lighter skin. Um, there's so many different things that go on. So I just kind of want to just start talking about, I just want to dive into Jesse Williams as a whole. And I think one of the, the best places to start is just start with the speech in itself, um, with your thoughts on the speech and what did you think? Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Yeah, we can start from there. I, I think the speech was amazing. I loved it was so many quotables. I think one of the ones that I loved was when he was talking about Sandra Bland and said, 
um, we're free, right? But she would have still been alive if she wasn't acting so free. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was like so many quotable moments. Uh, just because uh, we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Um, if you um, like, I can't think of the exact quote, but the whole concept of if you haven't done the work, don't criticize the people who are doing it. Right. Um, and yeah, it was just so many from start to finish. I think he did an excellent job. He shouted, he gave um, a voice to the voiceless and especially highlighting black women. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think sometimes um, us as black women kind of get left out for the work. Our, our work kind of doesn't get highlighted as much. So I think he, purposefully intended to give a voice to the voiceless and he said that in um a commentary um in the response he did an interview saying you know i went in there giving a voice to all the protesters who don't get this platform i want it to be their voice and i think he did that absolutely i thought this i i too you know i i can i thought the speech was great i think that one of the things that i love so much about it was the the poetry that was brought into it um i think for for some it could come off as inauthentic in a sense but for me i think that it was so it was so important not because i think he was very very fully aware of the type of response that would come out of this i think a part of that was you know intended in the way that it was drafted it was definitely uh poetic in nature and i think that that to me that add, added to the message it it made it so that it was something that was an opinion if you will but something that could be long lasting something that can be taken and kind of broken up into these you know smaller parts that could be used as quotes that could be used as memes i think he is fully aware of memes and how those things will happen um and so he i think i feel like he purposely crafted his his speech in a way that it would come off poetic and it would just have these very like kind of powerful statements that would stand along very well as a meme a part of a meme or just a quote that will just be last that that will last for a long time um especially after watching his angie martinez uh interview i'm fully I, i think he's extremely aware of the power of the internet and social media and how things like gifs and memes impact the culture and they move culture and they drive a lot of conversations. So I really think that he did that um, intentionally to do that. Perhaps my favorite part is probably the most, the most poetic part. Um, and I'll just give a quote, uh, just a quote of it. I know you guys have probably heard it, but he says, uh, we've been floating this country on credit for centuries. We're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit to me it was just like this is great this is it you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. that was like to me that was like this is it he's really telling the story of the issues that exist in this and as he says this thing called whiteness right because it's not just a um i think when people when people think about 
when people hear you say whiteness, you're thinking about it's just an individual. You're talking about a person. But I think it's more so it is kind of graduated in the sense that it's an idea. It's an idea of what the standard is. Right. And the standard mm-hmm. becomes what is acceptable by the majority and the majority that has the majority money, which is the white, this this white group of people, if you will, or what has been historically known as whiteness. So I think he's speaking to that idea because you have a lot of people that say things like, oh, well, you know, it's a it's an attack on white people. And I I, I, I kind of push back on that to say that it's not so much. a. I don't think it's so much of it being a. It's It's not. It's not specific to like, oh, hey, you this you person that's running the camera that may be a white person. We're talking about you. It's not that it's like we're talking about this idea of whiteness being the standard idea of these things. Anything that diff- that is different from this one way to do something is wrong. And it's like, no, that's what we're that's what we're talking about. That's what we're pushing against, because in many cases we see that these things are considered the standard and the quote unquote right white right way. But when a certain group of people can pick up the differences and can monetize those things and can kind of make money off of it, then it becomes the fad, the fashion, the new normal. I always go back to the the box of braids versus the cornrows. I'll never forget being on Instagram and seeing the picture of Kim Kardashian and seeing like this little blog site saying like Kim Kardashian's has is starting the, the new trend for the summer and it was box of braids. And then I click, it was a hashtag. And then I click on boxer braids and literally you see all of these Caucasian girls saying like, oh, I got boxer braids. Oh my gosh, I got boxer braids. And I'm like, bruh, those are cornrows. <laughs> those are braids. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, like one of my favorite, my favorite movie of all time is like set it off. Do you realize that these women was rocking these braids? Like it was uh, Cleo had it like she had nine of them to the back like it's just (laughs) in different way like I don't think yeah so I just but I I I love this speech for that um I love that he brought that to the forefront um I think though one of the things that kind of got on my nerves and 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 is people starting to call out those that are bandwagon so I immediately so I of course you know when I got home, I'm always checking the social media sites and seeing what people have to say. And I saw somebody post a message and it basically was saying that Jesse Williams has been an activist for years on end and has been doing things for so many years. And now you have all these people that are just getting on. And it was basically saying, like, don't jump on somebody's bandwagon. Um, you should be basically you should be an activist, not because or you should care about black issues, not because Jesse Williams said it, but because you genuinely just care about them. And, you know, I was a little frustrated. <laughs> I was a bit frustrated. And so it just kind of made me think about this idea of people saying that like folks are just on a bandwagon just because it's the hot thing to do. And so everybody's talking about Jesse Williams. So, you know, you have everybody's posting these sound bites or posting these excerpts from his speech without actually supporting the cause of the movement. And it's like, it's almost like it's just a fad. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think that people, do you think that people are bandwagoners or do you think there's a problem, if you will, with people jumping on the Jesse Williams bandwagon for per se? I don't think 
that the people who were the most vocal on social media were bandwagon. I just I think that to say that is to for me is people who aren't really paying attention to what's been going on social media. Like this has been a thing on Black Twitter forever. Mm. I mean, not forever, but it's been a thing for quite some time. Um, and you you're not listening to what he's saying. He's giving a voice to the people who are already speaking about this. And I think when people see it on the main stage, they think it's new, but it's real. In reality, people been tweeting about this. We've been we've had uh, protests. Like this isn't new. Like this isn't just like oh Jesse Williams thing. He just brought it up out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. To say that you have to be really disconnected from what's going on in society. Absolutely. Like I feel like everybody that was in there probably had already tweeted about this. At some point or another, either was it Trayvon, whether it was um, Freddie Gray, whether it was Mike Brown, um, you know, we've already, this has been a thing. Like, so to say we're jumping on the bandwagon, what? It's like, where have you been? And I think, I think (laughs) what the, I think what uh, the person was saying was like, it is more so from a a bandwagon of supporting Jesse Williams. Like everybody's just so into Jesse Williams. It's like, you're just jumping on his bandwagon because you saw him on the BET awards or you saw somebody else talking about him. And And I'm like, what does it matter? He's doing what he's, that's irrelevant. Yeah, absolutely. For me, that was, and that is always, I have there there are people that I am connected to, I follow, um, or that I'm friends with on Facebook. Because usually these type of things I, I find are on Facebook. I feel like Facebook is the place where like bitter people that are just their life is just a wreck just decides that I'm just gonna air out how I feel. And it's always some sort of negativity or it's like a negative spin on everything. And I'm like, if you would just choose to be happy, I promise you. <laughs> Things would just get better. Like it's it, it 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 literally is like what you put out there. That's a whole other topic. But for me, it, it became kind of the same thing that you said. Like, but what does it matter? You know what I'm saying? Like, even mm-hmm. if people, honestly, even if people are jumping on the bandwagon of activism or having a voice or being informed about what's going on simply because everybody else is doing it, I think what we have to focus on is not the fact that people are having these conver- like not the fact that, you know, people are just jumping on a bandwagon, but simply the fact that people are having these conversations and somebody that has a platform and that is in a public space is kind of teaching and walking people through how to have these conversations. I was talking to a friend of mine um, a few days ago and we were kind of, I was kind of talking about, you know, there being levels to some people, even like really grown people, people in their thirties and their forties and their fifties that don't really understand how to get engaged in social issues. Um, they think it's too much, right? They think it's like, Oh, it's such a burden. It's something that I can't do, or, or this is something that's over my head. There's nothing I can do about it. And so Twitter or Facebook becomes like a way in for them. But I, what I thought that what I think is good is like if these people are jumping on a bandwagon of activism or jumping on a Jesse Williams bandwagon, 
what you have is somebody who's actually has their feet to the ground that's actually engaged in trying to be an agent of change, kind of teaching them how to do things, teaching them, you know, the questions that you should ask, the things that you should realize. Um, and no, he's not doing it in a way of like lecturing and saying, hey, you start off by doing number one, number two, number three. But what he's doing is saying, so here are the things that based on me being connected to these other people and trying to like champion these people here are the things that we have to realize right we have to realize that you know people don't understand people people appreciate they make it seem like we're outcasts but then they appreciate us so much or they like us so much that they they find ways to monetize our culture and that they excel off of it you know what i'm saying like those are things that are just bigger than just oh this person is a racist that you should think about and i personally think it's amazing that you know you can have a uh, to, to have some, to have a person in a space where people start to kind of listen to what they have to say and literally start to kind of understand how to do more or how to get more involved and engaged. Like I, I didn't see a problem with it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think, I think people who are doing that are looking, looking for a reason. I feel like to kind of to oppose shade the movement. Absolutely. Because they feel like they have to say something negative about it. Because it just makes them seem like they're so much they're they're conscious on another level. Like I, I remember I actually stopped following a couple friends on Twitter for that very reason. Every time there would be like I think the last straw for me from one of my friends who it's funny, I, we actually talked today. I'm not even sure if he realizes I don't even follow him on <laughs> on Twitter anymore. Um but he made this comment about uh, it was like Eric Garner and it was during the like uh, the murder of Eric Garner. And he was saying, like, you know, people are so quick to tweet in defense of something. But you don't realize that this person had uh, a record of stealing cigarettes. And I was just like, for the life of me, how could you be so stupid to think that someone, I don't care if this person stole the whole dang on cigarette factory. Like the law says that this person should go to jail. The law does not say that they should be put in a chokehold and killed. Like the law just don't say that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I don't care. You know, it's almost like when it comes to uh, black people, and then when it comes from these situations that get like these these big stories, the person takes a position of, well, let me side, let me stand up for the wrong that they did to justify their life being lost. And there, we can see on many cases that that's not what happens for other people. So I just got frustrated. I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm kind of your your Twitter page is like pretty stupid in the first place, but this just makes it even more stupid. So let me just unfollow because this is really dumb. So yeah, completely stop following that person. Oh, um, you won't be angry. Yeah, and, and you have to do that. You know, I I tell you this all the time. I think it's important to stop following people, not because you're trying to be funny or petty. It's just because you need to filter. You need to be in control of what you consume. And if somebody keeps putting out BS, if you don't want to be full of BS, stop looking at it. It's really you have simple. to protect your peace. Protect, protect, protect your it. Peace. Protect it. I'm for it. One other thing <laughs> I wanted to get into when it comes to Jesse Williams, though, is um, the whole idea of him being him having this platform and people respecting him for being a voice uh, based off of him being biracial or him being lighter skin or him having uh, green eyes or things like like how do you. 
do you think that that plays a role into where he is? And do you think that that halts him or um, this kind of discredits his ability to represent the movement, if you will? And I don't think that Jesse Williams is a a complete. I don't think he's representing the entire movement. There's so many people that's out there just doing amazing, amazing work. Um, But do you think that his him being biracial, if you will, gives him any type of privilege in representing the movement? Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I think if it does, I don't think, honestly, I just don't think it matters. You know what I'm saying? I think that to focus on like, you know, him being biracial is to me to say, well, you know, we can't call the first black president black because he's biracial. You know what I'm saying? It's like all these like technicalities to, for me, people who make these points want to take away from the movement. And why can't we just celebrate the work that he's doing? Mm -hmm. You know, if we're going to, you know, Stacey Dash is fully black and we, you know, I think it's questionable, (laughs) you know, and, you know, so it, in all that, it's just, I said that to say, I made the Sexy Dash comment. It's like, she's fully black and says ignorant stuff. He's biracial and he's speaking the truth. I mean, why can't we rally behind him? And I think if he does have privilege, I think he's he knows he has privilege to a certain degree mm-hmm. uh, for color, but he's leveraging his privilege for the greater good. And I feel like as long as he's leveraging privilege that he might, that he has, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just, I really don't. I, I mean, I don't yeah. see why people have one. So it's really, it's, this one kind of gets into, because for me, I'm a person that did not understand colorism. Um, and I'm not sure a lot of people are aware of colorism growing up. Um, so I'm not saying this to say that like I'm different, but for me, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about colorism and how it plays into society. And I remember saying this a long time ago um, and telling my friend that I noticed that a lot of the voices and the representation that we have for the black community are of a lighter skin. And at at the time of saying it, it was just something it literally was kind of like an, an epiphany that I had. But I, it wasn't something that I knew much about. I put any research to um, or, you know, really like start to pull people like pull people's minds and things like that. So I really didn't understand completely what was going on. But I just it was something that I recognized. Um, but so I think that for me, it is I don't think that it by any means kind of like discredits his ability to you know, be an activist or to speak on, uh, speak on things. I love the fact that he's acknowledged his privilege. Uh, people tweeted about it here recently. And he said this before he's talked about this, you know, way before, um, the BET awards, but he has the fact that he acknowledges it and understands that you're absolutely right. My, my, my skin complexion gives me a privilege 
uh, me being on television gives me a privilege. Me being on not only on television, but on one of the most successful shows ever gives me a privilege. Me being an actor, you know, me living in L.A. Like literally he he he's pointed out these privileges, which I respect. And I think that, that that's a it's a good thing. I think for me, what happens is and it's very hard. And so I, I'm going to try to explain this and. If I get it wrong, because I was talking to my best friend about it and she con- she got it. Initially, she didn't get it, but she was like, I get it now. But I think it's hard to explain when you think about um, when you're trying to say it. So usually when people bring up the issue of like colorism or, you know, why this person got to be light skinned or something like that. It comes from a point of trying to discredit a person or gris- discredit that person's ability to do what they're doing. And for me, that's that's not my goal at all. I want to like make the record straight that I'm not trying to say that Jesse Williams um, should not be should not have the the platform he has. The fact, the mere fact that he has this platform and he's using the platform in a way to shed light on uh, black issues, but not just. And this is something that was really impressive to me as well. It's not just the 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 issues of black people in general of people's perception of black people. This is he he's speaking for black people that don't have reach, black people that don't have educations, black people that don't have um, money. And in, in, in the sense that he's talking to people in the BT awards and basically saying, yeah, we're actors and yeah, we're, we're out here getting our money and we're making our money and that's all good and cool. But there's other stuff that we need to be doing, too. For me, that's that's the thing of saying, like, you know what? I realize even as a black person or even you as a black person, there's somebody else that is getting it. It's it's pouring for you. But literally it is a, they're in that they're sitting in. 10 tornadoes that's just tearing up their life because they don't have you're black, but you have you're black with money or you're black with some sort of influence and reach. They don't have that. So the fact that he acknowledges that to me, I just love it. It's great. But what I think, I think that that we should have a conversation and, and he seems very open to having the conversation about colorism mm-hmm. and how that plays in, um, in, in our society, in our community, when it comes to people outside of the black community, when it comes to the with being within the black community as well. I think for me, I feel like we can have those conversations simultaneously. And I think it's important to have those conversations simultaneously. And I say that only because I feel like if we were, we refrain from having the conversation of colorism and how that plays out with certain people, because, you know, I've saw a lot of memes, people saying like, Oh, you know, such and such has been saying this for years, but they didn't get the type of, public uh response that uh jesse williams did and this person has been saying and that person has been saying it's like so what do they have in common they're all darker skin and he's lighter skin but i feel like us having that conversation in the same this at the same time of jesse williams you know making this type of statements or you have like a zendaya who's making the statements that she's making i feel like the 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 mere fact that we can it's important for us to have those conversations together so that people can completely understand that there's so many different layers to what we're talking about. And there's so many things that we play into as well. Maybe we should check ourselves to see is if am I not just white people, but am I as a black person 
a little more open or like to see somebody that is brighter skinned or like to see somebody that is slimmer, like to see somebody that has an athletic body. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's it to me and maybe this is just, you know, my own thing, but I think it just helps me to say you can just to do that self-assessment, you can kind of do it all at once. Right. You can kind of like start to assess the different layers and figure out where you play into that space and what happens. But um, in talking to my friend, one of my friends thinks that it's not it's not a good it's not necessary. It's not a necessary conversation. And I think that we should have the colorism conversation because I feel like it's a real thing. It's not something that we can just be like, oh, you know, it's not relevant now. I feel like it is relevant and it's always relevant. I don't think that I'm, I don't think that is relevant in the sense of saying that the person because we have somebody or we have people that are brighter skinned that are have all this public attention that we should not support them. I don't think that at all. We should absolutely support them. But I think that it's important for even them to acknowledge their privilege and to kind of start the conversation to shift to say that, you know, maybe I'm here because this these all of these people find it more acceptable for me to be here. But I think that it's amazing that this person I learned from this person, or I think it's amazing that this person is darker than me and that has a message too, or that has a lot of work ethic too. For me, that's why I think it's just important for them to connect. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, the conversations, like you said, can be had simultaneously. Um, And, you know, we have to learn how to do that. Because, uh, like you were saying, most people don't know how to do it well. So, I think it's important. So, y'all tell us what y'all think about Jesse Williams as a whole. Um, are you? Do you like him? Do you? And I don't want to say if you like him. That's very plain. Do you think that Jesse Williams is? Um, did you enjoy his speech? What did you think about his speech? But do you think that Jesse Williams, all of these different, you know, conversations that people are having surrounding Jesse Williams um, and about his validity in being someone that is getting all of this public attention because of the speech that he's that he made at the BET Awards? Do you feel like it's justified? Do you think it's because of his privilege that he's been able to do it? Um, do you think it's because he crafted his speech in such a way that people just kind of got when he was pointing out um he was making reference to to black women one of this this i saw somebody post and just kind of asked the question of are so many women was did basically did he do that to just get more women to support him because you know women are are, are kind of leading the charge in the social media space and maybe he's doing that just to kind of as a ploy a lot of people really thought it was a gimmick so y'all just let us know what y'all think about that do you think do you think that his speech was authentic do you think that the work he's doing is authentic i think that you know it's it's a lot of things are undeniable. What do you guys feel about what we just talked about? What do you guys feel about uh, JC Williams? Hit us up on Twitter at brunch culture and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. And if you are on Facebook, which a lot of people, because a lot of these conversations happen on Facebook. So hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture. And I think that wraps it up for our main dish. We'll be back for our toaster roast.
Lisa, so it is time for the toast or roast portion of the show. And do you want to kick it off with your toast or roast? Uh, Sure. So I was kind of trying to decide what I was going to toast about. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had already said I had one. And then I was like, am I going to change it? But I think I'm going to keep it. So this week I want to toast to uh, the artist, the Christian hip-hop artist, The Truth. He was on, um, I interviewed him on a Google Hangout for my nonprofit, The Jude 3 Project. And he's had, I think, four or five albums and all of them Christian albums. And he spoke openly in his latest album about him, like, having doubts about even believing in God and, you know, Mm. know, the exclusivity of Jesus and all of that stuff in his third in his third album and like wow. listening to the album, you would never know. Um, he was on tour with Kurt Franklin during this time and Mary Mary and all of them. And so I just, I thought it was so um, helpful. Um, I got emails from people who are like, man, I really need to hear that. Um, Cause that's a place I'm in. And so I think him just being honest and transparent um, and trying to create, what he's trying to create through his music is a safe place for people to be, to experience moments of doubt and not feel judged for that. Right. And so, um, shout out to him. Um, I think that's a, um, commendable thing. Um, I struggled with that myself and I've talked about it here on brunch culture about me in seminary struggling with that exact same thing. So I get it. And so I just think it's, I applaud him because I look up to him and so many other people do. And it's like, when you see somebody that's transparent, it gives you hope for yourself. Right. And so, yeah. Shout yeah. out to the truth. Toast to the truth. That's what's up. Yeah. That is, that's really dope. Um, so mine, I'm actually going to give a toast this week as well. Um, my toast is going to be to the, uh, late Baltimore rapper who was shot in broad daylight while driving his car from a uh, charity event. It's called Peace in the Streets. Um, his, he's a rapper. Uh, his name, his actual name is, it's Tyrese Trayvon Watson, but he went by the stage name Laura Scooter. So a lot of people knew him from that. He's a really big artist, apparently in Baltimore. Uh, but th- what's interesting is like all of the stories that you read about him is that he was, as much as he loved music, he loved his community. Uh, he loved uh, tr- just trying to change things in Baltimore and trying to push people to be nonviolent, less violent. Apparently, he was um, one of the people that was call- causing for nonviolent movements in the wake of what was happening with Freddie Gray. And for me, it's not just about him calling for nonviolence, but it's really about him making the connection between, you know, there being violence within the community, but having a violent response immediately gives people the opportunity to discredit you. And I feel like that's something that people can debate and argue about for, you know, hours and hours on end. But I think it's just when I read the story, it was really sad. And it was one of those things that I was just kind of like, man, and just to know that literally they said somebody walked in the middle of the road, pointed their gun at his car and just start shooting him. Um, And he was leaving a charity event that he was hosting. Um, Wow. And that to me, that is that's one of those things. And this this kid was only 23. So it is 
it, I think it it hit it hits home because he is a part of the people that we talk to here on Brunch Culture, the people that we want to have these conversations with, and he's somebody that is doing something amazing in their community, um, and also, you know, has is, is on the next level to be um, like up next to be you know a, a great hip hop artist, a great rapper. And so you had people like future and meek mill tweet about him. Um, the game actually made a uh, Instagram post about him as well. And it's just unfortunate to see somebody that is doing something so positive in their own community. And so that's not just, you know, rapping and he's not even on a, a mainstream level, but he is out here still grinding with the, the traction and the support and the followers that he has. And he's still, not making it all about him, but making it about something bigger and for that person to be taken. It's just really sad. It's really unfortunate. Um, and so I just want to say toast to him, toast to the work that he's doing. And if you don't know anything about him, cause I'll be a hundred percent honest prior to seeing the story, I didn't know about him. So I just immediately started doing research and trying to find more. And if you don't know anything about Lord Scooter, I say, take, take some time to look him up on YouTube, look up what he stood for and tell somebody about him to, to inspire him. And I don't know if there's anything that, um, if anybody has like any GoFundMe or, or anything set up um, to like support his family or anything like that. But if there is and we I can find it out, send it. We can send it out for you guys. You guys just try to just support it, because I think that's what we we have to support good young people that are doing amazing things. And he definitely is one of those people. So my toast this week is to Lord School, to toast to you. Shout out to him. Um, we're going to leave you with this week's good vibe. This week, good vibe comes from. The um, incredible Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Hey. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And wow. um, yeah, yeah. It's, it speaks for itself. Yeah, you're worthless when you shut up about th- like things that matter. And so for people that say I'm like, oh, well, this person is, is, is a bandwagoner or this person is not really true to it, I think that everybody has their own journey i don't think that everybody's gonna lead it and i again i always i always shout her out um but shout out to my advisor that helped me understand that like everybody is not going to lead the movement at every stage of their life it's just not gonna happen you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. before we we recognize um mlk as being the top leader in the civil rights movements but there were leaders before him there were leaders after him there were also other leaders during his reign mlk in so many ways is not this nostalgic person that we see him as we see him as today there were so many people that hated him and that disagreed with him um but if you don't know pick up a book and read to learn about it but i think that you know it's just important for us to understand the importance of people um using their voices and not being silent about something. And when you know better, you do better. So some people just learn better. And so give them the freedom to express themselves and, you know, to get out the better that they just learned about. So it's amazing. Good vibe. Shout out to that. Um, that is it for this episode of Brunch Culture. You guys, you know where you can find us on our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, as we said, twitter.com. It's at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. We're also, of course, on Facebook, and it's just Facebook back, facebook.com backslash brunch culture. And Lisa, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. Uh, just subscribe and share uh the episodes uh it would really really help us out 
once you like an episode, share it on all your social me- social media sites. Absolutely, yeah. Spread the word. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys for rocking with Brunch Culture, for listening to us. Um, we are just having some things down the pipeline that's just trying to get better. And Lisa won't talk about it, but I also say Lisa is doing some amazing things with her nonprofit, The Jude 3 Project. So if you haven't heard about it, take a moment to go research it, look it up. She has some incredible, incredible episodes um, of her podcast as well with The Jude 3 Project. So you guys take a moment to go check that out and follow her on social media. And she's on Facebook and she posts a lot of great things on Facebook as well. So make sure you, you check those out just for some encouragement. And honestly, a lot of the sermons that you guys post um, with Jude 3 are just like the videos, the short video clips are very, very encouraging for like the day. So like, you know, if you've been skipping out on church and you ain't been going, it's okay. You can <laughs> just go and check out, you know, some 10 second clips and change your whole life. Get get some real encouragement and then you can start telling people. I would say you can lie about going to church, but that just seems awkward. So don't lie about going to church, but be like <laughs> you got social media church. Like I went to church through Facebook, which is I'm sure somewhere in somebody's life that's a thing. So again, that's it. That wraps up this episode and we'll see you guys next week. And remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion. <laughs>